0: Mr. Hills, what's going on, brother? Hey, how are you? Yeah, good, bro. Bro, thanks for making the time to come down today. Like I told you, it's been a long time since I've done one of these. It took over my life for a little bit, and I thought, fuck, I need to pull the handbrake.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, man. Sounds good.
0: That, that was a motorsport joke as well, pulling the handbrake. Oh, I got yeah. that. Did you get it? Yeah.
1: Awesome, bro. <clears throat> bro, what's going on, man? Um, Not much, just uh, work and uh, race cars. Yeah.
0: Basically You were just telling me about You're gonna um, You got a meeting
1: Yeah so I race in the Super 3 series mm-hmm. Which is Part of the Supercars um, Series Where You've got main game And then I'm probably the third tier Which So you've got Supercars And you've got Super 2 And then yeah. Super 3 So
0: So They're all like Holden Ford V8 Kind uh, of thing or? Yes Yep Yeah. So you're third tier, what's first tier? That's not like a different type of car, is it? Not like Ferrari or any shit like that.
1: No, 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 no. No. Um so supercars are basically Holden and Ford. Yeah. Um V eight. And um it's a national series where it's on TV. A lot of um people obviously follow it. Yeah. It's a quite a quite a large thing. Um and then beneath that you have a Super Two series, which is younger um, aspiring drivers Trying to get into the, the main series Which is Like I said um, The supercars Yeah Excuse me Um. And then we have Super 3 Which is underneath that Obviously there's more There's People which race in that Trying to establish Themselves to go into Super 2 And then Main game Which is the Top tier Yeah For me it's more of a um, Bucket list thing mm. Um, Get to race a V8 supercar Which is a car built, my particular car is built by Walkinshaw, um, <laughs> chassis number 009. So it was built in 2008, I think, mm. um, for Paul Dumbrell, <coughs> which he raced as an Autobahn car for a few years. And then it sort of got retired and kept as a spare car. It was then brought out for Nick Percat in the Super 2 series for him to race and come up to speed before he stepped up into the main game. I bought it in 2015, and I've been racing it in the Super Three Series ever since. Sure.
0: Can I ask how much it cost me?
1: Um, I paid two hundred thousand for it.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, But you, like, I remember talking to you before, and you rebuild the engine every, after every race. Eh?
1: I don't rebuild it. No, we send it back to Walkinshaw, oh, okay. and they freshen it every three thousand k's, mm. which isn't very much, yeah, because um, they're quite a High performance engine. Yeah. Um, so we send it back to the people who originally built the car. Yeah. Um, and uh, we do all our servicing and checking of it. When we're at these national meets, um, a walk and shore representative will come down and just check over the engine data yeah, um, in the, with the computer just to make sure everything's fine. But I have a, um, a data engineer here in Perth that helps me run the car because um, <clears throat> they need to watch and look at, everything the engine's doing. Yeah. So while I'm driving it, it records everything. So it also records all the mistakes you make. Yeah, what, well, on track? or On track, yep. Mm. So, yeah, so basically there's a team of three to four of us which will go around the country. So yep. I base myself in Perth, but the car has been based in Victoria for a while. Oh Um, because it's easier for us to fly to Victoria, pick the car and truck up the transporter and then move on to, say, Sydney or um, South Australia or Queensland Mm. um, to do the race meeting. So we follow the main V8 supercar um, calendar around the country, but we only do six rounds of there. I think they do 18 or 20. Wow. I saw how pissed you got over these COVID restrictions there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what happened there was, our premier McGowan kept the borders shut, so I couldn't, mm. I couldn't go and race. But the actual series kept racing over east. Oh, so you couldn't go from here to there? Eh? Yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah, we actually did go at one point when the borders lifted, and then while we we flew out on a Thursday night, landed in Melbourne Friday morning, and then he shut the borders, so I turned around flew home again and then got fourteen days quarantine for literally three hours in Melbourne. Oh uh, and my two crew members, my data engineer and yeah. my tire fuel guy. So
0: Oh
1: fuck. So this car, like your car <coughs> is here in Perth, it gets shipped truck. Like Yeah, quite, we I built a transporter for it. Mm. Um in that transporter we carry all our spares, all our tooling. Yeah. Excuse me, um spare tires, brakes, wheels. Um Everything spare except for engine and gearbox because they're just too expensive to hold. Um, it has a kitchen, sort of a living area in it, aircon, and, and, and big the transporter.
0: Yeah, yep. And this thing's in your like in front of your house, like
1: it just no, it's up. at my my yard. I've got oh, a yard okay. where I keep my um oh, shit. my workshop and everything. So yeah, we um, <clears throat> we bought that. So I bought the car and then I had a pretty cool car trailer. Yeah, and then I thought, well, this isn't going to work going around the country, so. Yeah. You need to carry a lot more stuff. So my dad goes, why don't you build a truck? Like, I don't have enough things to do. <laughs> so it took me a year to build it. I so want to build this thing This, this truck, yeah. Um, so I bought a, um, a Hino, of 2008 model Hino, with a tail lift, um, taut liner, and I cut the whole back off it and moved the fuel tanks and everything around and built all boxes underneath it for storage. And a, um, <clears throat> a pan on the back, which has got a kitchen at the front, beds, aircon, microwave, fridge. So
0: you, you built all of this shit by... I got, a, I got a cabinet maker
1: in to do the kitchen, Yeah, but I did all the framework. Um, and then we've got, like, a bulkhead through it, which we carry all our light spares up the top, like, because our guards are carbon fibre and their doors and front splitters and rear splitters and all our panelling, we keep upstairs above your head, mm-hmm. and then underneath the truck... We've got all the toolboxes. We keep um, spare axles, uh, suspension parts, Shit. rattle guns, wheel nuts, tires, diff sensors, all that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, um, and then we transport that all the way around the country. So, I just got back from uh, Sydney. Yeah. Ooh, congrats! Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, we um, we went to Sydney, yeah. um, but the car was still in Melbourne. At, a, at another race team called Eggleston Motorsport um, They had serviced the car And changed the setup in the car Because each track you go to You've got to change Suspension settings and springs And um, wing angles And all that sort of stuff mm. For your downforce And basically they serviced and checked it over um, And my truck was kept in another race team Ordino Racing Which was about two hours south of Melbourne Down near Phillip Island So I flew in a friend Tony picked me up from Aldino Racing. We went down to his place, picked up the truck. Then I drove up to Melbourne, picked up the car, and then proceeded to drive from Melbourne to Sydney, which was took me overnight. So I slept sleep in the truck because it's got the the the, yeah. the kitchen and bedding and living quarters in the back. Got into Sydney. Um, my my crew couldn't make it because um, they weren't vaccinated. Oh shit. Yes. So I had a couple of friends turn up, and one from Brisbane, and he come down, and a couple of guys that I know gave us a hand, and we end up running the car that weekend, and end up getting third in my class, which was pretty good, for oh. not having a data engineer or my usual crew. So yeah, it was a good good
0: result. And I saw you sent me a video of you going sideways off the track, eh? Yeah,
1: in in practice one it was pretty wet. Oh, so that was only a practice? That was a practice session. So basically when we have our race meeting, we'll turn up on, say, a Thursday, Mm. park the truck up in our allocated pit bays, unload. Fridays generally consists of two 40-minute practice sessions where we get to go out on track and tune and adjust the car. Saturday will be a qualifying, a 10-minute qualifying session, which – Determine our grid positions for the race yeah. Which we have later on that day Which is normally 18, between 18 and 22 laps And then Sunday we'll come out and do qualifying again For the race later on that Sunday afternoon Which is usually 18 to 22 laps How long does it take
0: to do the full
1: um, And then obviously we'll pack up after that last oh. race yeah. And it takes a couple of hours to load the truck up And then we'll either You're off again, eh? We're off again The race itself how
0: long does that take?
1: Um, depends on what circuit we're on. Um, SMP, I think, there was a lot of safety cars. There was a few crashes, mm. so we spend a fair bit of time behind the safety car, which if people ever watch, um, yeah, what they do is they bring a, a safety car out in the track which the field follows while they clean up the, the damaged cars from the crash. And then once they're all off the track... Safety car will turn its lights out, and we follow the car in front, which we have to restart behind until we hit the control line, which is the start finish line, and then we it's back under race conditions again. Shit. What that does is compress the field up, which generally there's a saying: safety cars breed more safety cars. So, in this category of Super Two and Super Three, mm. it's extremely expensive. Yeah, um, which doesn't tend to bother people who. Are trying to make a name, or obviously get picked up from a larger team in the in the main game. So um, you have to win races, and you have to do well. So tearing up cars is um, for me really expensive because yeah. I run on a shoestring budget. Fuck. But it's not uncommon for some of the bigger teams to be spending fifty to sixty thousand dollars a weekend. Just like it's just for that that one race, just for those two races. So that consists of obviously, um, the Friday practice, Mm. Saturday quality in a race, Sunday quality in a race. That they they arrive and drive for about $60,000. But people here love that shit, eh? Oh, yeah, it's
0: it's good. I see people here because I'm obviously not from this country, right? Well, they
1: love it in New Zealand too. Yeah, well, some of our best drivers in Australia are New Zealanders. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Fuck! I don't even know, man. Shane van Gisbergen's probably our current best. Yeah. Um, Scott, he, Scott McLaughlin, who's just who won three championships in a row, and now he's racing IndyCar in America. Wow. Uh, Marcus Ambrose was a no. He might have been Tasmanian. It's pretty close to New Zealand, isn't it? <laughs> hey, man. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's tough when we um. But we go the supercar series does go to New Zealand. They race mm. um. They used to race Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, but now it's just Pukekohe, is that how you say? Oh, Pukekohe, the Puke track. Oh, yep, yeah, okay. and they love yeah. that place, and it's mm. it's a massive event. You know the the amount of people that come out to watch that. So they'll ship all the cars from Australia there. I haven't done it because Super Two and Super Three, obviously, we don't have the budgets to go that far. Mm. So they'll have, um, which they have their own series in in New Zealand. Yep. So
0: yeah. Oh, so you haven't done the Puke track? No, I've been to New Zealand. Eh?
1: No, no, no. I'd love to go. But, uh, it's a nice
0: place. Uh, like I've been, I've been, uh, I've actually driven past Pookie while the race have, races have been on. Yep. Yeah, and it's just like, rah, and it's just loud, fucking roaring engines
1: and just like, fucking hell. It's good fun. It's good mm. fun.
0: So you're in the car. Are you in the car by yourself. You don't have like a offside. Or no,
1: no, no, no. We um. So
0: that's rally driving, eh? Where you got someone telling you where yes. to turn and.
1: Yep. Yep. So our racing is obviously I'm I'm the driver. Yeah. I have um. A two-way intercom system. I talk to mm. my engineer. Yeah. Um, he stays in the pits, and he will have live timing. So he'll look at my car in, on the track in relation to the cars around me and tell me if I'm how I'm going, if I'm slow or if I'm fast, if the car in, if I'm catching the car in front or the car behind is is catching me. Mm. Um, he'll look at my sector times, which is basically you got three sectors of a racetrack: one, two, and three, and he'll tell me where I need to improve. Um, I can also see that on my dashboard of my car, actually on my steering wheel, we have um, like a little display and that'll tell yeah. me a gain and loss if I'm improving on my previous lap yeah. or if I'm slower, which is good. Um, but we're quite busy in the car. We have to adjust um, our roll our roll bars, front and rear roll bars, our brake bias, mm. um, which is the amount of brake when we put our foot on the brake, how much brake goes to the rear wheels yeah. um, for balance. Um, roll bars is we can stiffen or soften the car depending on the track conditions and our tyre condition so if our tyres are wearing we can soften the car so it uses more of the suspension than the tyre oh, something I've had to learn and yep. I remember my first couple of times I drove the car um, I didn't understand this yep. completely and a couple of the other guys come up to me and said oh you see where you're struggling and you have to adjust your bars and it's it's difficult because you got to understand what you're feeling in the car, mm. and then you adjust it to try and keep the car consistently fast. But you have to adjust the car to keep it there. Fuck, that is crazy, man.
0: There's a lot. It's a lot going yeah, on. Well, I get like, f- fuck. For me, it's just like looking through the window and just watching people. But there's so
1: much else going. There's on. There's a lot here, going you know? on. Yeah, and it's extremely hot in well, the car. There's no aircon. Um, there's <laughs> no well. insulation from the engine or the exhaust. The oh, exhaust so you're getting. It's getting... It, it, even if it's a wet day, yeah, you're looking about fifty degrees in the car. Fuck. Yeah, it's hot and you're and you've, humid. You've got thick uh, fireproof. Um you got to wear a three layer suit. Yeah. Um, obviously, an under shirt, and uh, you're meant to wear the leg things. I don't. You got to wear fireproof socks, and you obviously got your helmet, and you've got your belaclava, got your gloves. My car has a system where we run a dry ice box. Mm. So not normal ice, but dry ice, and we pump water through it, and that goes to a suit underneath my suit, so it pumps cool water around my body. Oh, okay. So it keeps you cool. Keeps while. you cool, and also my I've got a helmet fan, which blows cool air through that dry ice tube at the back of my helmet, which then comes down over my head in my helmet to keep me cool as well. Sure. Yeah. I have I have raced without it. Yeah. Oh. Um, actually my first race at Sydney three weeks ago, um, we we're having issues with the cool suit, so I didn't run it and, um, I said, I oh, shall be fine. By the time the race had finished, I was seeing stars in my eyes, like I, I was getting to the point where I was suffering badly from heat stress. Fuck. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, um, some people deal with it a lot better than others. I, I'm not a fan of the heat. Mm. So... Dude, like... In the it, concentration levels, it's mm-hmm. huge. You're racing around in a quarter of a million dollar car on a razor's edge with other people and I've still got to go to work tomorrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're doing some pretty fast speeds and, you know, you can Fuck make... it. that you, is
0: crazy, man.
1: There's a lot on your mind and yep. I'm racing against some kids, you know, who are, who are making a name for themselves. So I'm in a feeder category to the larger. Yeah. And I'm just a forty-five year old guy. Forty-five? <laughs> <45? laughs> uh, oh man, could have sworn you. I'm racing against sixteen oh. and seventeen year old kids, really, whose parents have massive budgets. Oh, so it's just a money game, eh? It it is. You need to have money to be to be successful in this. Mm. I honestly believe um, talent. You've also got to have talent. Mm. You've also got to have a very hard work ethic as well. And kids these days. <clears throat> The successful ones, and I'm racing against a couple of them now, um, have raced carts their whole lives, so they aren't. They have a very good understanding of tire degradation and grip, and what what they expect and what they need mm. from the cart, yeah. which then transfers into being able to be f- sorry, be fast in a in a race car. Yeah. So at the age of sixteen, these kids aren't even driving on the road, but yet. Yeah, they're a lot faster than a 45-year-old guy. Wow. But their parents have big budgets and mm. they test a lot. They don't have um, restrictions like I do. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not complaining about it. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's absolutely awesome what I do. Um, I don't have a lot of money. I have worked extremely hard to get myself to this position. Um, but to be, to be successful in this sport... You need a few mm. things, yeah. and and one is a lot of money.
0: Is that the biggest thing that you need? Like the the biggest percent like thing,
1: right? Mm, you, okay, so let's say let's say you've got a son who wants to play football. Yeah, you buy him a set of boots every year, mm. take him to a few games. He's got the talent. He's got a bit of hard work ethic, so he trains and he kicks the ball and he next thing you know he's playing in a waffle team. But if you've got a son who wants to race carts. You might have a great work ethic. You might have a lot of talent, but if you don't have thousands of dollars for the latest cart or the latest tires or mm. the latest engineering or setup or team to run that cart or going into cars, um, you'll never, you'll never know.
0: Mm. How how do you train um, reaction times and stuff like that to be? A, how, how much of a um, part does that have to play in being a good drummer? They, they, I believe you've got to be extremely fit to do what we do. Mm, well, obviously, there's no like four hundred pound guys sitting in the front seat of a Holden. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you don't
1: see it. <laughs> um They do work a lot on reaction times and stuff mm. like that. Um I don't. Does I that have a lot to do with it? Though I think so. Mm. I think so. We, um like obviously. Do the CrossFit. Well, yeah. I haven't done for a while, but I'm... <laughs> oh, you've been busy, man. I've been busy. Yeah. Work, work has pulled me away from it, but I'm looking forward to get back, get back into it this week. Mm. Um, you have to be fit. Yep. Like I say, it can be up to 50 degrees in the car, and you... To push that brake pedal, there's no brake assist. You have to put apply at least 100 kilos of brake pressure every time you hit that brake pedal. Mm. And you can't be... you. In, in a race you might, I don't know, you might hit it five, six, seven times in one lap and you've got to do 20-odd laps. So when you look at some, like I'm 100 kilos, you look at some of these kids are 55, you know, that's a lot of effort for them. Yeah, and they've got to actually smash the yeah are Yeah. It's, um I admire them mm. in a way that gone are the days where you can just have a bit of talent like, you know, Craig Lowndes may have had. mm would he make it these day and age? I'm not sure. You look at some of the kids coming up now and they're very good. They're all investing in Bitcoin, got thousands. <laughs> <laughs> but they've all got parents that, yeah. have, have, that, have, that, have, that have invested in their kids. Mm. You know, you see a lot of these kids that will only get to the age of 16 and then they want to go and do something else, you know. Um, so you look at um, the parents have invested a lot of money for the kids just to walk away and go, oh, well, I don't want to do it anymore. That happens a bit too, but... Mm. You know, it's it's a big commitment to continue down that pathway. So if, if your mm. child wants to go play football or soccer, or even if it, you've got daughters, you know, I've got two daughters, they want to play, um, you know, netball or soccer or something mm. like that. It's yeah, we'll go give it a go. You know, are they yeah. into cars like you are? I've um, I've tried to get my eldest daughter Mia into karting, mm. um. But I, I'm a very competitive person. Yeah. Um, both of them did their taekwondo when they were younger and went right through and did their black belts. And um, yeah. I forced them to do it. They didn't want to do it, but I forced them. I mm. was that, that parent which forced them. Yeah. You know. Um, and I sort of noticed that in myself. I was like, yeah, if they don't really want to do it, should I should I make them? But then I think to myself, well, kids at that age just sort of got to. Force them a little bit, you know mm. and then they went into their um Muay Thai tie and started doing that, and I got to a point where i f- I noticed they weren't enjoying it it was more me making them do it mm. so we stopped and then I thought to myself, maybe I should get them into carding and i I set a few little tests to see if they were interested, and they yeah. never really took it up yeah when I was that age, if someone said to me, Here's a cart you know i would have I would have you know jumped at the opportunity, but my parents never did that
2: mm-hmm mm. mm. 'Cause obviously
1: they understood how expensive it was and that's a quite a big, you know, deep, long, expensive rabbit hole to go down. Fucking hell, man.
0: <laughs> do, do you have racing like um in your family? Like mum, dad, no, parents? No. You you were the first
1: one in Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't even start racing a car mm-hmm. until I was. Where uh, where did it start for you? On the streets? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um growing up in Wanneroo, obviously, you know Yeah. There was a lot of us, and we were into our drag racing, and we would go out and make our cars fast, and go and do some drag racing. And then, yep. you know, were you always driving a Holden, though? Always driving a Holden. Yep. yep, I'm a Holden guy. Sorry, Ford guys on the scene. <laughs> and then um, a lot of my, fr- a couple of my mates, um, they still drag race. They semi professional, mm. and I um, wanted a bit more. Drag racing is good, but it's like a One 400 meter pass, and then that it's over. And I was like, I wanted to do you know, corners and braking and turning and another lap, and then I'm catching this guy in front, or I'm you know, I'm you know, I I love that side of the race. So, I um, one day my dad said to me, He goes, Why don't we go up to Wanneroo Raceway? I must have been, I don't know, I think I was about 21 or 22, and a friend of his was racing up there. He, He went to school with. He was in the old HQ series, which is like a HQ hold. They've got a one make, so you only have you can only race a HQ. And we went up there and watched it. And I went, oh, yeah, that looks like fun. And another year or two went past, and he said to me, must have been 25 then, oh, let's go up and see, you know, Terry race again. And it was the night Masters, so it was that night. It was in the evening. I thought, oh, yeah, we'll go up with the old boy and check it out. But a new series had started called the Saloon Cars. Mm-hmm. And they were running VN Commodores versus EA Falcons. This is V6 Commodores. and and inline sticks Falcons. I thought, oh, that looked like fun. And Terry had gone from his HQ to his his VN. And I said to Dad, wow, that looks like something fun I I wouldn't mind getting into. And by then I'd started my own business. I'm an earth-moving cartage contractor and I thought maybe I should do this. I've got a little bit more money now because working for yourself and Mm. you're doing long hours and long days and, and weekends and nights. And I thought, oh, yeah, why don't I? get into this, and I, I end up building a car because I'm a mechanic by trade As well before, I, you know, um, before I started in the trucks, so I was a mechanic. So I built my own car and then it took me a year or so and I went up there and entered my car and had a race and it happened to be a V8 round, the supercar round yeah. and we were a support category for it and the, we were oversubscribed so there was too many entrants for the actual grid position so yeah. I didn't qualify and I was all not pissed off. I was like, oh, what well, was my first one anyway? Race one happened and there was a crash. So three or four cars couldn't make it back onto the track. And they said to me, oh, have you still got your car here? I said, yeah, yeah, I've still got it here. I said, oh, why don't you um, – we've got a spot in the track for you. And I went, wow, well, that's awesome. So anyway, race two was a reverse grid. So what that means is they reverse the whole grid. So whoever finished last now starts first, and all the fast guys, obviously, because they were first, second, third, fourth, mm. go start at the back. Start at the back, and because I hadn't raced, I had to start off the front row. And it's my first race. Shit. And they said to me, "Oh, look, do you want to start at the back and um, and um, just see how you go?" I went, "No, I'm going to start off the front. This is awesome." Holy fuck! <laughs> so what were you driving at the time? I had a VN Commodore, a yeah. VN V6, and um. So my first race was a reverse grid and starting off the front row and anyway I I think by lap end of lap one, yeah. I dropped about twenty-fifth or something. Just, oh yeah. It was it was it was fun, but yeah, yeah. Um definitely got an education in um racing. So
0: Did you get the bug from that though?
1: Yep. Yeah. I remember my first race and sitting there and my dad was laughing and um, <laughs> He goes, how nervous were you? And I said, I was that nervous. I was sitting there on the start line and my legs are shaking trying to hold the clutch pedal in while it's in gear waiting for the lights to go out. And my leg is shaking. I was that nervous. But oh. that still happens now. Oh, It still happens now. I remember I was at Sydney two weeks ago or mm. three weeks ago at um, Eastern Creek. And uh, obviously a lot different to launch and start these supercars compared yeah. to your old VN. There's a lot. Of, there's a process you've got to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my leg still shakes. Fuck. It's very... Still, still clutch, still three pedals? Yes. In the supercars? Yep, yep, yep. So we run a sequential gearbox, mm. so it's not a H pattern. Um, they're a dog box as well, so you don't have to use a clutch to change gears. Oh, uh, okay. It has a like a shift cut. So what that means is when you lean on the gear stick, it cuts the spark to the engine briefly. Mm. Oh,
0: then you change gear.
1: And it pops in. That's why they, if you ever watch the, you hear them bang out the exhaust and make a loud pop when they change gears.
0: Um.
1: So the good thing about when you start these things is um you start them on the rev limiter so if you can imagine hopping in your car putting yep. in the first gear yep. instead of letting the clutch out you hold your foot flat to the ground and it's it's revving on the rev limiter so it goes to seven thousand seven and a half thousand and it's popping on the limiter and so the lights it starts come on there so it's starting it's <whistles> for about i don't know ten fifteen seconds and the lights come on and then you obviously haven't first your foot's on the clutch and we have a um a line locker So that locks the wheels It's a brake Mine's on the hand brakes Per se mm. And you hold that And then you slowly Because The engine has to be on the limiter For you to release the clutch
0: Oh uh, okay
1: Yeah yeah yep. So it has to be revved Right up to, be up to Like redlining, the And then you thing. And then you let the clutch out And you drop And you use a slip of the clutch To get the car to launch Holy shit Yeah They're like a $10,000 clutch too Fuck. So you, you don't
0: want to get it wrong <laughs> How, like, you've obviously got this, you've obviously fucked the launch up
1: a couple of times in eh? You know what, I haven't. No. No, nah, I never have, and I've actually had, I've had some really good starts, really good starts. Now, people go to me, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, just, you know, we have a number on the dashboard, which is a throttle mm. position number, so yeah. my engine will hit the limiter, whether your foot's two millimetres on the accelerator or my foot's flat, it'll... It'll rev. That's mm. that's how these engines work. So,
0: is that how your car in kind of particular set up?
1: No, Everyone's is like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got a number on the on my on my steering wheel, a little LED number, mm. and I use about thirty four to thirty seven percent of throttle position. Yeah. And and then I release the clutch, but I as I release it, I'm holding the rear brake to keep sort of the, the wheels from breaking traction. Mm, okay. So it doesn't yeah, spin. Because yeah, yeah. if, if it spins, you'll you stop. You'll fish out, and then you'll. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's a bit of a routine, but I don't know why I get reasonably good start. Well, I think every start's reasonable, but I've had some great ones where I've overtaken five, six, seven cars on the start. Sure. Um, a couple of years ago, I had a massive crash doing that. One of the cars in front of me didn't get a good start, and because I had passed about six or seven, I was probably doing about 150 when I went cut when I went past him. Mm. And he moved, bumped another car, and another car bumped me and put me into the wall at Phillip Island. So that ah. ended our weekend. We That was a bad crash. So I've had a few crashes too. Any though.
0: any um, injuries from bad crashes?
1: Just my ego. <laughs> <laughs> but like fine though, you've walked away like... Yeah, you, yeah, because the cars are extremely well built. Mm. You know, you don't spend a quarter of a million dollars on a car yeah, to be yeah. injured. You can get injured. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, um, like I hit the wall at Sydney in practice one a couple of weeks ago, only because it was wet and I slid 200 odd metres on the grass before yeah, I hit the yeah. wall. And yeah. they have a tyre barrier in front of it, so the tyres, you know, it wasn't a direct hit. Um, it's more a brush, the side of it. And we didn't damage the car too bad. But um, you can be injured, but it's, it's not very common.
0: Cause w- when I saw that video, I thought that was mid race, and I thought it was over for you. <laughs> I oh. was like, "Oh fuck!" That was three know. laps into my first practice session. Oh fuck! Lucky man. Yeah, yeah. H- how how f- how many laps can these cars do without um, refueling?
1: Um. So it Cause depends like, on the size of the track. Mm. We always run a specific amount of fuel, so we only put amount the, the amount of fuel we need in to do a race. Yeah. So if it's a if it's a twenty lap race of say Eastern Creek or Sydney, we'll probably put sixty litres or sixty kilos of fuel in. My engineer will we weigh how much fuel we put in the car so he knows the fuel burn. Um, and then after the race we we pump it out and weigh what we've what's left so we know how much the car has used oh. by kilos. So you
0: don't refuel mid race, it's not like one of those mass cars. No, NASCAR no that's things.
1: what that's what the main game do. We don't do that. Oh, okay. You need a lot more people. To mm. do that, like, you know, fueling guys and, you know, that sort of stuff. Oh no, we
0: see that's how stupid I am. I don't know. Fuck all <laughs> <laughs> I just like see it on the movies where the car pulls into
1: yes. the pit and then they lost uh, the car, tires come off, you know.
2: We, <laughs>
1: that that would be great. Um yeah. they used to do that in our category, but mm. there was too many issues. So we do one race a year, which is at Bathurst, which is coming up in October. Mm. Um, they were doing a refuel pit stop there. Um, but they've, they've changed it now that we just do a, two 100k races rather than one 200k race with a fuel stop.
2: Mm.
1: It, it can be dangerous refuelling a car when it's extremely hot. Yeah, yeah. The fuel we use is um, difficult to see if it catches on fire and you only need a drop to get on the brakes where you're fueling the car. Yeah. The brakes can be, you know, up around five 600 degrees how accurate do those guys have to be, eh, yeah, man? Very That's accurate. Fire. And there has been quite a few issues where a, f- a fire has taken place in the pits. So um, to eliminate that, they just change our race format to two, oh, 100. 100. So we can put enough fuel in to do 100 kilometres. Because mm. I would have thought, like, the supercars just burn through shit, man. They burn a lot of fuel. We have to run a 110-litre tank to do that, though. Oh, shit, And what
0: are you putting it? Not
1: like... We run E85. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the fuel we have to use is delivered to the track. Everyone Mm. has to use the same fuel. Yeah. Um, Everyone has to use the same tyres. We're limited on the amount of tyres we're allowed to use in the race, Mm. Uh, the race weekend. Oh, so
0: these are some of the regulations, eh? Yep, to keep it fair. Yeah, okay.
1: As well as massive budget teams will just be putting new tyres on. And they do. like we come to practice sessions, they're putting new tyres on every session. We use an old set of tyres from the race meeting before for our practice. Because mm, so we just I mean. don't have the budget. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. What's, a, what's, a pair, what's a set of tyres set the team uh, back?
1: Normally, they're they're norma- slicky. Eh? They're a slick tyre, yep. yep. Um, and they're subsidised a little bit. It still costs – I think our tyre bill, which is – the minimum is $4,000 a weekend. Oh, okay. So two two sets of tyres, so eight tyres. But then if you have a wet race come in, then you've got to buy another set. That's another 2000
0: Have you been Have you been part of a race where something's gone fucking wrong, like someone's had a massive crash and hasn't walked away from it kind of thing? Um, Has that happened on a track? N-
1: no, thankfully. No? It would be difficult to deal with when... For as a driver to see another driver have um, a massive crash where they have possibly been airlifted, and this had this has happened at a few race meetings, mm-hmm. none that I've been at, um, involved in the race. I've actually wow. been at the track when this has happened, but I haven't been in the race. And yeah, they um they have a br- or they red flag the race, which means the race stops, um, okay. and everyone goes back into the pitch and then they'll restart it once the problem has been rectified or fixed, sometimes it can be damaged to the fencing or the racetrack arm co. Mm-hmm. They have to make sure that can, you know, so if a car goes into the tyre barrier it badly and damages the tyre barrier, they have to repair that tyre barrier before they can let cars back on the track. Yeah, Because if be- another car goes in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been compromised. Mm. So, yeah, so a lot of the times, you'll see it in Formula 1 races where they'll red flag them um, just so they can get the track conditions back to, you know, it was before the incident. It's crazy, man.
0: Yeah. It, have you have you ever, like, had a bad, massive crash?
1: I've had a couple. Mm. Um,
0: and was it, like, your fault or were you overtaking at the wrong time? Like, wh- um,
1: my first race when I bought my supercar, we mm. went to Phillip Island, which is a three-and-a-half-day drive. We unloaded it. We did our practice session. We went out for a race. Well, I qualified fifth or sixth. So I qualified really well. Yeah. And it had been wet, but it was dry. So we're on a slick tire, not a wet tire. And turn twelve at um Phillip Island is quite fast. I think you come onto the front straight in in fifth gear, so probably about two hundred kilometres an hour. Maybe oh. maybe a little less, one eighty, somewhere around there. And then you grab sorry, in fourth, you grab fifth, and the start finish line you grab sixth. So about two hundred and sixty three Ks, two sixty five into turn one. But coming onto the track, um, I was right behind friend of mine, yeah. um, and I've met some great people while I've been racing. His name's John Corkendale, and I was following him onto the front straight, and the cars in front of him, although the track was dry, you got bitumen and then it goes to the concrete ripple strip. Well, where that joins, the water was sitting in that crack, mm. and the cars in front, as I've gone over it, it's lifted the water out. Yeah. So as I've gone to run over it, it's been damp, so oh. I lost the rear of the car. And the rear of the car slid out, and it went all the way around and into the into the concrete wall on the front straight, which ended the weekend instantly. It 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 did a lot of damage. That was that was that was a big one. Um, that was so it went into the wall on on your side, the driver's side. driver side. So Ooh. yeah, so I've lost the rear, and because you can't correct these cars, got very minimal steering. Mm. So lock to lock is like half a turn there, half a turn there. Shit. So once I'd lost the rear, I'd Going to catch it, and the re- I was a passenger. There's nothing I could do. And I hit the wall reasonably hard, punched the diff out one side, flattened the whole side, destroyed the rear wing, destroyed both doors, front guards, damaged all the wheels, everything. It was like a it was a massive one. Um, I Had to climb out the passenger side of the car, but I left it in gear, so mm. I was in fifth. And then when the tow truck came to remove it. He damaged the car by towing it because he dragged it and bent all the rear of the car again. Anyway, we got I had, I got taken to the medical centre and they checked me over and I was fine, a yeah. um, little bit shook, I guess, and um, mm. got back to where they dropped my car down in Park Firm, which is an area that you're not you're not allowed to touch. That's where they leave the cars, and um, everyone's over there taking photos. And this car's a wreck, you know, it's ruined, and it's, you can imagine how i'm feeling oh. and um i walk over there to have a look at it and there's everyone commenting this old guy goes i would have just done this and i would have done that and i just oh, you know, i lost my shit fuck. so i went and got my car cover and put it over the car so people can't see it because because yeah. in the start like they weren't well i don't like people taking photos of the mm. damage and whatnot anyway we well, ended up having to put it on go jacks, so jack all four wheels up on these dollies and move the car because the wheels wouldn't turn. They were, they'll were, yeah. they compl- The car was broken suspension, broken upper and lower control arms. It, you couldn't move it. It yeah. had to go on a flat top, basically. So <coughs> we, we dragged it back up, put it in the truck, and drove straight home from Phillip Island non-stop. Didn't stop. Oh, how long was the drive? Three days. No, me and my friend AJ, we left Saturday afternoon and we pulled in Perth. I think it was like 41 hours later. Just straight. Straight, drive straight through. Because one person can sleep while the other one's driving. Yep. So, how, what was it? It it wasn't much talking. (laughs) (laughs) We got the car home. Um, Yeah. It wasn't a write off, right? No, 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 no. It was everything out of the car, everything, engine out, all the drive line, everything out of the car. And mm-hmm. then you can't just go down to Repco or Holden and buy these parts. They have to be mm-hmm. manufactured over in Victoria. So I had to ring up Walkinshaw, get things remade, which costs a fortune, like a lower control arm, a piece of steel. That big's $1,500. Oh. So then wheel ends and, and bearings and uprights and uh, Suspension, shock absorbers are like 4000 a corner. Did you, did you like, halfway through that, did you think, oh, fuck, I better stop doing this shit? Contemplate <laughs> it. I think it cost me to fix the car about $75,000. Mm. Um, body so work as well? Did you have to work, beat it all out? I mean. We just take it off. It's all carbon fibre. Oh, okay. So then you've got to buy new carbon fibre, and okay. if anyone knows what carbon is worth, it's not cheap. Fuck. Kevlar as well. Um so we fixed it all. It took me a year. I couldn't afford to do it, so I just did it as I as I could. Yeah. And um, went back to Philip Island and then hit the other wall. Oh. That's fuck. the one where I got a really good start and yeah. someone hit me. So I haven't been back to Philip Island since. <laughs> my dad had a bit of a laugh. He goes, Well at least you've hit both walls now. So I was like, Yeah, thanks. thanks dad. <laughs> yeah, cheers, dad. Thanks, man. <laughs> so yeah. But no, it's it's great. Um I think this may be my last season. <clears throat> Why do you say that? Um, a couple of reasons. Mm. The car is worth more now than when I bought it. Oh, okay. it's almost like is that because, an antique? Is that because they stopped making them? Well, they stopped making them, yeah. And yeah. it's one. It's one of I don't know. I think twenty two built. Fuck! So have you bought it for two hundred grand in two thousand and one, eight. No, 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 no. I, I bought it
0: in 2015. 2015.
1: for well, 200 eh, grand.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you're thinking you might sit on it as an antique thing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I imagine it's got to be worth over 300. Mm. 300,000. Um, but, <sighs> but then some people say to me, why don't you hold on to it? It could be worth
0: 400.
1: Mm. How would you feel,
0: though, if...
1: But you'll never buy another one again. It's not like it's yeah, because they don't didn't get made anymore, and people don't sell them. Mm. If you've got one, you don't sell it.
0: Do you? Do you have? Sorry, two questions. How would you feel, right, if you sold it for like let's say four hundred grand, and then you saw your car on the track and it won
1: um, that
0: tier? Would it matter to you? Or?
1: Well, the other side of the coin is this tier. It's finishing at the end of this year. Oh, okay. So in order to run the same tier that I'm racing now, mm. I'd have to buy the next model up. So mine's a VE series two. I'd have to buy a VF Commodore. You can't find them either. You cannot buy them. They're they're very hard to find. Fuck. And they're 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 north of four hundred thousand. Holy shit! People still buy these cars mm. and go and race them on a weekend, knowing full well it could be written off. Fuck. Oh. There's a lot on your mind. Yeah. Well. It's a lot on your mind it's it's, it's, it's it's a huge thing to undertake There there are race teams out there Which this is all they do They have three or four cars Very well built cars From 888 or FPR These are major race teams um, Walkinshaw, HRT um, Brad Jones Racing They will have <clears throat> younger guys In these cars Learning the craft To hopefully step up to the main game but it's not uncommon for these guys to be paying five or six hundred thousand dollars a year to do what I'm doing, and I'm doing on a shoestring budget. Yeah, they're probably mm. faster. Yeah, and they ought to be spending that sort of money. Fucking hell, man! <laughs> no. Is it so? The difference is like that money make will be engineering. Eh? It's um. Okay, so when we rock up to a race team, there's me and a couple of mates, and yeah. we back the truck up, we have a laugh, and we. Go and chat to my mate Tony, or you know another mate Anderson, and or another mate Strongy. I've met some great guys, and we have a great time. And then you've got the other side, which have their drivers are trying to make it up in the in the ranks. Yep. So they're young kids, and they're over there doing their exercises and stretching before they get in the car. And you know, yeah. Some of the guys I race against are f- you know, flicking a cigarette <laughs> and sculling a can of Red Bull and hopping in the car. <laughs> I see this. In That's right? not me. <laughs> but um, so there's so there's me, which I where I run in what's called like a privateer. Yeah. So I don't have any backing from major teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. These young kids are fully backed by the major teams. So they. So these
0: guys are basically the next generation of racing,
1: Yep. They all come from the division I'm racing in. Mm, okay. of them would come. Like I think there's a young kid called Brock Feeney who's just now took over Jamie Wincup seat in probably one of the best teams in the main game and he raced against me at Phillip Island when I hit the wall three years ago. It was his first race. So in three years he's gone from where I'm at, Yeah, maybe four years, yeah, four years, to probably in the best seat you can get in the main game. And that's purely because he's got the talent. Mm -hmm. And the drive and the hard work ethic and everything else. There's there's no denying that. But he's possibly also had the financial backing as well. Mm. You know, if you don't have $2 to rub together, you're not going to be driving for Red Bull in four years.
0: So where do, so Red, like the big sponsors for this, Red Bull, Repco... Super cheap order, that kind of stuff when you got that, stick it on your car.
1: Yep. Mm. Do you have sponsors at the moment? I have a couple. Mm. I have a couple. I've um and basically it's just friends who have businesses. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they go, Oh, you know, we can chip in a little bit. <clears throat> um, I have a yeah, I have a good friend Aaron. He um he he chips in a bit and I've picked up another sponsor and another sponsor and basically I need about twenty five thousand to thirty thousand just to cover costs, um, every race. Every race. On top of what you're already putting in there, like the engine
0: uh, rebuild and all that
1: kind of well, stuff. Well, yeah. So, so I basically um, I finance it all myself, and then if I get a couple of sponsors, yeah, uh, that's great. That 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 just lightens the load a little bit, and mm. I still work. 12, 14 hours a day. I still work Saturdays and Sundays. I still engineer and fix and repair the car. And I still drive the transporter across. It takes me three, four days to get to Sydney. And then it's I've got to bring it back from Sydney. And then I've got to go to Victoria. It's a lot of time. It's a very selfish um, sport, motor racing. Extremely selfish. And you do feel a lot of guilt from it. I don't know how. That, I think all of them, to be good at
0: any sport, right? You can't kind of have it to be really fucking selfish.
1: You do. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be v- driven. Internally Mm. In a way that You know I know I know people who love nothing better Than going for a walk down the park With their kids and their missus And you know that's it Yeah, but I'm I'm not saying I I, I don't like doing it Mm.
0: That's not a bad thing I just don't have time to do it Mm. Because you're too fixated on this race thing That you're trying to do
1: You know I'm up at six o'clock on a Sunday I'm over at my workshop You know Prepping a car Like before I got here, I've spent six this morning prepping that car and loading it in the truck for a test day up at Barbagello in a week. And then I've got to ask my friends, Mm. good friends, my engineer, Mike, Mitch or anyone else that can come and help me to take time out of their day Mm. to come and help me because I can't afford to have a big race team turn up. So a a typical test day for uh, one of these young kids would be $15,000, they would rock up their helmet, they would hop in the car and there's a team running that car. There's a data guy, there's a fuel guy, there's a mechanic and they're running that car and that car goes, he goes out and does five, six laps. They come in, they look at data, they look at in-car footage, they tune the car, they adjust the car, they look at his inputs, where he can improve and you go out and do another five or ten laps. By the end of the day they'll do 70 or 80 laps, of a track called Winton in Victoria which is a lot of people's test track, it's not ours because we're in Perth. Yeah. Um, and then the next weekend they're racing at Winton. Well, the course they're going to be fast. I drive from Perth to Winton, haven't even sat in my car for a year. I roll it out the truck, I hop in that car, and we go and do our best, <laughs> and we 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 semi get a result. We get a mm. result, which is good. So this tier
0: of yours is going to end soon.
1: Not the tier itself will continue, but my car will be getting too old to race. I'll have oh, to. I'll okay, have to yeah. get the next model up. Hmm. There's not a lot of them around. Fuck! Anyone in Perth have any of them? There's no VF supercars in Perth. Fuck!
0: Are you? How how many other races in Perth
1: are there? There's Apart no one you? in Perth that does what I do. You're the only one. Yeah. Holy shit, bro! There, there has been a couple of other guys that have done it. Yeah. Have they moved? Most recently. Um, Adam Margeron. he was racing in the Super Two series, a series that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might have retired from racing a couple of years ago. Um, he he did he he did a um, like an arrive and drive. He didn't own his own car or engineer it like we do. He mm-hmm. would drive for a larger team and just and and pay the bill. Great guy, Adam. Um, I've flown backwards and forwards a couple of times with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, um but for us it's more doing it ourselves and it's a mm. four or five mates. We have a great time. Um we go over east, we have a laugh. Hopefully we get a result, don't damage the car. But they all feel for you when you do have a bad weekend, you know. Yeah. Um it's a team effort, man. It's yeah. like fuck oh, damn. It. It's always good to get a result. Yeah. You know, it makes to drive home a little bit more pleasant with me. <laughs> Poor AJ's had to sit in the truck with me after me crashing where I've had an absolute terrible weekend and I'm in a filthy mood. And yeah. You look across at him and he's sort of leaning against <laughs> Thinks I've got to hit him or something. Fucking <laughs> uh, okay. hell. So how good was it to get that result,
0: man, the trophy? It, it was great because,
1: because I hadn't seen the car or sa- I haven't seen that car for a year. It's been in Victoria for a year. Like mm. I said, we flew over to a test eight at Winton and then McGowan shut the borders and we had to leave everything in Victoria. Mm. So the next time I've seen it, was when I hopped in at, at – at, um, well, I picked it up from Melbourne and took it to Sydney. So it was great to get a, a third place. Far without much practice, eh? No practice. Fuck. So now we're testing heavily before the next round, which is um, this month, 30th mm. of April. It's my home track, so I've done a million laps here. Um, it's going to be good because I can pay back a lot of my friends with the result, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I've got my family coming up. We've got a corporate box, so everyone will be there watching. Um, and it is my home track, so I know it very well. But you still need a little – when I say a little bit, you need a lot of luck. Someone can bump you and you can just make a mistake and that can end your whole race. You could end up in the sand trap and you can't get out that's your race finished. So it's it's very competitive series. Probably the most competitive there is for people trying to make it to that next level. Mm. Fucking hell, bro. It's good fun. Yeah, well, it sounds like it, man. It's good fun. Um, I think I've definitely aged Mm. a lot doing it because there's a lot of stress. Yeah. And like I was getting back to before, it being a a very um, selfish sport. Yeah. You spend a lot of time away from your family. Um, You work. If you're not racing, you're working, enabling yourself to pay for it. Mm. And you're taking a lot of money out of your family budget to do this. Um, Don't get me wrong, my family... Doesn't go without anything. Mm. I've just got to make sure I work even harder. Yeah, I'm lucky. I've got a um, an understanding wife and kids. <laughs> yeah, so. but they don't come to the track. Never. Um, Sarah's my wife. She um, doesn't like watching me race because she's worries. Oh. And my mum's the same. My dad, he comes, but he's he's quite sick at the moment. So hopefully he can come up to um, Barbagello this, um, this in in thirtieth of April. So what happens if you win this Barbagallo race? It just um, it gives me points for yeah. the series. So, <clears throat> so our first one was in Sydney. Yeah. Our second race is here in Perth. Our third one is up in Townsville, which I've never raced, so that's going to be fun. That's on a street circuit. Um, and then we go from Townsville back down to Victoria, and we race Sandown. After Sandown, we go New South Wales and race probably the best track in Australia, which is Bathurst, which I, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. And then our sixth round is on our way home back to Perth, which will be in Adelaide. They're going to run the um, Adelaide 500 street circuit, Clipsal, which will be good.
0: So these street circuits, man, like around around
1: buildings yes. and sh- yep. sharp turns in there? Yep. Oh. yep. A lot of concrete walls around yep. them um, and very hard on the car, extremely hot temperatures, yep. your brakes and um, engine temperatures and everything. Um, and there's no When there's, well, I say no There's not a lot of runoff, So there's no sand traps Where if you make a mistake You run into the sand And arrest the car mm. You run off You're hitting a wall So it normally ends So you've got to be oh, shit. Mindful of that as well So they're very difficult Tracks to race Another one's like The Gold Coast But we're not doing that this year Gold Coast That's a street <sighs> circuit
0: just, just the street circuit Just those two words And one of your supercars Like in my mind
1: Is fucking scary Yeah right? A lot of power a lot of power. How
0: They're much right. How much weight have you stripped out of the car? Well, like we I'm don't
1: strip any weight because a car is purpose-built. So the mm. car weighs 1,350, so it's reasonably heavy still. Mm. Um, 620 horsepower, uh, sequential six-speed Hollinger gearbox, um, and we've got a, a Walkinshaw slash nine-inch diff in ours. Mm. Um, we run Olin's. TX44 suspension, which is probably up there with the best you can get. Um, like the clutch I was talking to you about before, yep. they're um, expensive, so you've got to keep an eye on those. They're about anywhere from eight to 10000 to replace. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. Um, so, th- you know, how heavy is the engine by itself? Do you 167 know? kilos because it's written on it. Oh. Okay, and I was servicing it today. I was looking at it. Because everything has to be weighed on these cars. Then they have mm. a nominal weight, and they've got to have a split weight that can't be too heavy on the front, yeah, yeah, or too yeah. heavy on the rear. Because I was
0: about to ask you, like, do you put, do you distribute weight on the yes. back, or so doesn't we patch the slip car? Out?
1: Yeah, every time we race it, we patch it. So we've got a, um, we've got weights, yeah. under each wheel which weigh the car, and then we adjust the car's suspension to get a certain amount of weight evenly distributed around on the wheels. That's what the engineer comes out and does. That's that. There's an art in that itself. So the car has to be perfectly balanced. <clears throat> Fucking crazy, man. Yeah, A lot of work. Yeah, man. Fuck, lot of work. But good fun. It's good fun too. So you reckon this
0: might be your last season? Um, uh, you don't know. You might do you really?
1: Say, can you ever no. really say that?
0: But I don't. I don't think so, man. I don't know. What would you do then if you stopped? Would you hold on to this car? And
1: no, I've I actually um probably go back to racing in the saloon cars, which was the V six Commodores mm. we touched on earlier. Um, I was reasonably successful, had quite a few race wins in that. Um, it's a good series, um quite popular here in WA um so these it's, ones very, it's a lot cheaper a hell of a lot cheaper than a supercar
0: so these saloon cars are way less they're not like super overcharged like? no
1: no 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 so they're they're a like a one make series you've got hold and you've got Ford. Mm. you these cars are built to a, a ruling so you, everyone has to run the same tyre the same brake um there's restrictions on everything from um engine components Yep. And they're built so it should provide an even platform across the two makes. Mm, okay. Um, and it makes it cheap. Well, is it really cheap? I don't know. You can spend a lot of money, time, and stuff it, on that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so is
0: this saloon stuff more for like weekend warrior kind of deal? Yes. Yep. Oh, so these guys are project cars?
1: Yep. A lot of these guys all maintain them themselves, mm. um, they're raising themselves. Good bunch of blokes too. Mm. Everyone, you know, gets on well. There's always a Ford guys and there's a Holden guys, so there's a bit of rivalry. Um, Some tracks favour the Fords, some favour the Holden Commodores. Mm. Um, How so? um, Depends on size of the track. Mm. Gear ratios. The Fords have a slightly different gear ratio. They have a live axle diff where we've got independent rear suspension in the in the VTS, so they corner a little better. but I've raced them cars around Australia as well. Um, we've been to Bathurst, which is again probably my favourite track. Yeah, love that place. It's really, really daunting, but um, very fast too. Very fast. Six, six and a half k for one lap, whereas Barbagallo, I think it's two point three k's for one lap.
0: Mm-hmm. Only, only ever Holden's and Fords you raced. Nothing else you haven't thought
1: about. Oh, I have raced a um. I raced <laughs> a, 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 a proton. The fuck? Oh, there's little... Front wheel there? drive protons. Mm. We went to Malaysia. Could you fit in one of those? Yeah, just.
0: Because you're like 6'3", right? 6'2". Yeah, 6'2 and a half. We're the same height. 6'3". 6'3", man.
1: So we had an opportunity. A couple of yeah. my mates um, were going up to Malaysia and racing in an endurance race mm. at Sepang, the Formula One MotoGP. They said, would you like to come along? I was like, well, this sounds awesome. So you, you basically we arrived in Malaysia and drove a car prepped at the track. I think there was about 50-odd cars in the in – the, and it was a nine-hour race. So it was a long race. Three drivers, so we did driver changes. Yeah. Um, that was great. The car didn't finish. We actually broke when I was driving it. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, but that did was you great you nine hours? Nine-hour race. It was an endurance race. Oh. So it starts and there was drivers from all around the world there. So how long do you, so you said three drivers? Three drivers, so three hours. No, each. we would do a forty five minute stint each. Mm, okay. And if you know anything about Malaysia, it is seriously hot up there. It is really hot.
0: How do you stay focused for that long, man? Behind a steering wheel. Well, team?
1: you don't. It's more of a race of attrition where oh. we um we had a couple of good drivers. Yeah. And um uh, they had, had some success up there before. And then I was jumping in with them, and I think we were running top two or three for the majority of the race. And then we had a drive shaft failure, which we couldn't fix. Oh. So that got us out of the race. But yeah, great fun. It was awesome. Proton, eh? I'd love to go back and do it. Yeah, the, we raced a Proton, but they had Honda Civics and they had a couple of other brands. Which, we'll yeah. And it was just nine hours of round and round and round, pain. That was awesome. But we had to go and get international licenses, so they weren't cheap. Drive a race licence. Mm. So to race here you've got to have a national or well, to race a supercar, you've got to have a to race a super two, super three car, you have to have a national circuit licence. Um you can't race a supercar with just that. You to get to be able to drive one of those you've got to get a certain amount of points, you know. Mm. And they don't give the points out easily. You have to basically win races in the Super Two series to to earn points. Oh, turn um, points to move up to move up, just so they don't get people in there that really shouldn't be there.
0: Mm. Do you um do you have anyone like fucking at the start line of these supercar races, right, one hand on the steering wheel like that kind of like like a gangster kind of thing? <laughs> anyone trying to be a dick like that? Nah, it's too um
1: no because th- these cars are the seating positions moved, mm. so, so you're,
0: you're in a bucket seat,
1: right? You're in a f- you're in a capsule mm. almost. The seats aren't. The seats aren't um, like a normal road-going car yeah, seat. Yeah, they're, it's not made
0: for comfort. Yeah.
1: They're comfortable, yep. um, but they're very tight. So you, they're very tight. They hug your hips, they hug your back. They they come around your head, so if you have side impact, your head doesn't move. Mm. Um, you've got six-point harness.
0: So if you were lifting weights like you were, is that why you stopped training so hard?
1: I actually, at one point, they were was struggling like, to get my race yeah, over these shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> was. It's a good problem to have. Like, oh shit, I'm too. I'd go to huge. get it off, and one of yeah. my friends would have to try and yank it off my back because I couldn't.
0: You're just too thicky, too big.
1: <laughs> but nah, um, predominantly race car drivers aren't big, muscly dudes. Yeah, they're quite lean, thin, light, still strong, but they're not big dudes. You know, they're um sinewy, yeah, and fit a mm, so small, do you think? Not so mm. much small. Well, there are a few
0: small dudes. Much like equestrians, do you think?
1: Not that small. No, not that small, uh, but bigger. Bigger.
0: I'm still freaking out at how hard you got to push down the brake pedal, bro. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: So there's no steering assistance, no brake assistance? We have power nothing.
1: steering, but it's very minimal because I yeah. don't want to take horsepower away from the engine. So to drive your power steering, mm. you're you're taking power out of your engine mm. to drive steering. Steering, yeah, yeah. So it's very minimal very minimal. My car in particular has quite heavy steering, which is good cuz I I like it like that. Yeah. Um Yeah, um the braking side of things takes a while to get used to, but once you're used to it, I go hobbing my road driving, my <laughs> road car and I'm like locking wheels everywhere. Fuck. <sighs> but yeah. It's good fun. It's it's um it's not for everyone. Yeah. Um it comes with a lot of anxiety. I suffer a lot with anxiety mm. leading up to the race. Yeah. A lot of people say I'm difficult to be around. Mm. I don't know how. how, well, how okay. I don't know why they'd say that. Yeah.
0: Oh. How, how far out do you start? Do you start um, worrying?
1: Um, it's not so much worrying. You just tend to be on edge. Mm. Um, maybe a week. Mm. Four days. Um, certainly, when you're at the track. Yep. You know, and everyone's joking around, and you're like, you know, yeah, a little bit on edge. Oh, fuck, man, that's so. I don't scary. sleep very well leading up yeah. to a race. I never really have. Can't sort of turn your brain off. You're always thinking, you know, if I go a little bit harder into that corner, and you know, I'll make me a little bit faster here, or you're constantly analysing everything you do.
0: But the, these tracks are like just a oval.
1: No, no there's, no, there's proper circuits, left and right hand corners. Some yeah. are undulating, up and down over hills. Oh, fuck. Um, different some, some have different surfaces So yeah. some offer up more grip than others Yeah. So you've got to adjust the car And you've got to adjust your driving style a little bit It's, it's, um, it's difficult to explain it's, And that's where these young kids That have kind of come from go-karting And they'll be at a different track every week Have a very good understanding Of what the car's telling them when they're driving yeah. What they're feeling and a good way to become fast in these cars is you're in them all the time. But the problem is that it it's so expensive to run. Mm-hmm. Ridiculously expensive.
0: How hard is it for you to get back to normal? a normal holding, like driving a normal holding around the streets, man? No,
1: it's not too bad. <laughs> I drive a Volkswagen.
0: Oh, well, the... Um, <laughs> the what do you call them? The, um, Amarok. Yeah, Amarok. Yeah. See. Those yeah. are good, there, aren't they?
1: They're good. Yeah, it's good. But a lot of people are like, oh, you know, do you drive a Commodore or something? I'm like, no, I drive a Volkswagen.
0: <laughs> you don't, so you don't have a project car on the side of that. I've one? got
1: a saloon car I'm building. Oh, so yeah. What are we talking here, man? It's just another V V. Uh, it's a VY a VZ Commodore. Mm. Yep. Um, which I I started at the start. I started it at the start of COVID. Yep. and it was going to be one of these things that I would just get done while COVID was on, and it's just blown out now and yeah, the supercar has come back.
0: Oh so Because of bought, so I'm
1: overdoing that. So this has just been pushed in the corner of the workshop and um waiting for me to get back to it.
0: Do all does all of your team have like project cars as well? Like the engineer
1: um, My engineer runs his own workshop, mm. um, Mike from WA Racing Developments. So he's he's got his engine, he's got his chassis dyno there. That's where we go and dyno our cars. He dynos my supercar there, but he builds and engineers um, a couple of other people's cars. Yeah in different other categories. He does a lot of fabrication, a lot of welding, a lot of computer wiring in computers, aftermarket computers into your skylines and your rotary mm. mazdas and stuff. Yeah. All those jap imports. Yeah. You? Yeah, so he's busy doing that, so for him to come away and help me, he's taking time out of his own business. Mm. And I've got another guy Mitch. He he does a lot of that sort of stuff himself, but he's actually a well-known drift from drifting, Ooh, drifting, yeah, yeah he yeah. loves that. So he comes and gives us a hand, and then obviously, my mate AJ, who's have, have you tried drifting before? I want to do it, I don't I want to do it, but there's too, there's too much power in what you're driving. Fuck, fucking um, well, that well, they have probably more power than what we have. Mm. But when our racing is not trying not to spin the wheels, yeah, because if you spin the wheel, you're losing traction, you're not going fast. Mm. So we're trying to drive it. They're trying Without to it, like stay sideways. Yeah, eh? yeah. I admire them. I reckon that's good to be able to do that. But one thing I have thought about trying to get into, or at least having a go at, would be um, like a sprint car. It's on the on the dirt, you know, the ones with the wings, they race in circles. No, I haven't. First, I've heard of that sprint car. Sprint car. Speedway. So they've got wings on them. Got a big wing on the roof. Yeah, and they've got two different size wheels, one on each side, and they drive around in circles. Oh. On, on on clay, on on mud. Shit like yeah. similar to Rally drive i I've never seen that. Never heard of Sprinter? No man. They've got they've got like seven, eight hundred horsepower. Jeez.
0: What I mean. kind of cars are they?
1: They're a sprint car.
0: Like a like a not like a Subaru or anything? No, like no, no, like no. They're no? actually a weird like a looking
1: single seater, yeah. Purpose built um buggy car thing oh. with a big wing on the roof <laughs> that helps helps them corner. You see one one seat in
0: the front. It's one like,
1: seat. Ugh. Yeah, they're prob- yeah they're weird. You have to Google it one day and have. Is, a
0: look. Yeah, no. definitely bro. Is there a market like? Would you race another kind of car? Is there a market like a different type of? Like I, you know how I looked at
1: maybe do it, uh, a Porsche. Oh, GT3 that's Porsche. That's yeah. yeah. But then, I had the opportunity to yeah. buy a GT3 Porsche and race it, or buy a V8 supercar and race it. And I asked a few people, some of my mates, and they yeah. said, you're seriously asking us which <laughs> one you should buy? And I went, so that's a no for the Porsche
0: <laughs> No would have been fine, man. Fine. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I went with the Holden. Oh, went with ha- the V8.
0: Have you um, driven one no. of those before?
1: No. I'd love to drive a Porsche GT3. They're left-hand drive. Mm. They're a paddle shift. A lot mm. of them, some of these GT cars have ABS brakes. Traction mm. control. So yeah. it sort of dumbs down the driver's inputs a little bit. Oh, not so saying yeah. it dumbs it down, it assists. You So assists. you feel less through the car? Is that what you're saying? You still feel the same through the car, but you can't lock a brake. Mm. You can't spin the wheels because it's got traction control. Fuck. They're, oh, a, they're like driver assisting bits and pieces. So. Mm. Whereas a supercar is just an agricultural... Um, very agricultural, like loud, very yeah. noisy inside, um, very hot. Not much tire under you for what size brake you have. You have a lot of brake, and you have a lot of power, um, uh, horsepower. Yeah, not a lot of tire, um, and you've got to try and drive these things on the edge. And they're super expensive. <laughs> So you have to commit. You have to yeah. really commit to them. To, do to be the fast. Same. Yeah. To be fast.
0: Yeah. I um have you heard of guys that wrap cars like, you know, to keep um so that you don't have to like um ceramic coat them for washing and shit like that? Really? I ran into these guys because I was looking for someone to weld something for me for work, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And um Winter's address and next to his welding unit where these guys uh, I think they're called PPF. And what they do is they put this uh this um, th- this thin plastic film over your car, like a vinyl. Yeah, like a vinyl. Yep. but it's stronger, more durable. Yeah, and it looks better. It looks better un- in a showroom light. Yep. And um, this guy was—I was talking to him. They just opened their business. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the card afterwards if you want yep. to have a look. But yep. they um, what caught my eye was they had this fucking Ferrari there. Really? Yeah. But I have no idea what fucking what the difference is between uh, this Ferrari or that Ferrari. Yep. It just had that ba- the badge on it, it was yep. tiny, and these guys were saying, "Oh yeah, this this millionaire owns this." Um, we re- we did a- he's the only one. Apparently, he's the only one in Perth with a Brabus um, g that? the Mercedes. You know the Mercedes. Um,
1: I think I know what you're talking about.
0: They look like a. Like a fucking They look like one of those Like a modern version Of one of those Safari tour Yes I think I know Like those to. But it's like Fucking decked out Apparently this guy They wrapped that for him And it cost him like 15,000 Wow Just to wrap man Yeah But what I was saying Was like these guys Put this film on And he showed me He pulled out a wrap And he un You know He took the adhesive side And he showed me And he pulled it And he said Try try put a knife through that Couldn't get the knife through Couldn't scratch it Couldn't stab wow. it And he had the wrapping On a Holden in there Yep. and he goes grab grab your keys and I, and I keyed the shit out of it. Eh? You could see the key marks on the on the wrap. Yep, but um, he just got like a hair dryer, and it cures itself. Wow, back to showroom. I'm like, holy shit, man! I need some
1: of that for the supercar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: give you the guy's card. Yeah, but what caught my eye was that fucking Ferrari, man. Yeah. He turned it on for me, and uh, so what? What I was thinking of, like, I don't know how you can fucking think in that thing, because. The engine's right in front of you. Well, wow, you've got this helmet on, eh? Yes. You've got the helmet. Yep. And you can talk to people through, I've like, got like little, headphones yep. and I've shit.
1: I've got earpiece in. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little microphone in my helmet. But that fucking engine is like, wow.
0: Yeah. How loud is it, bro? Super loud. Like, very, uh, I reckon as loud as this fucking Ferrari,
1: this dickhead, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Ferrari motor's in the back, but. Oh,
0: but, like, even,
1: even so, I was just standing next They're to cool, it.
0: They're
1: cool, but. We have a few up at um Barbagallo, that race. Yeah. And there's a YouTube video of me racing a Ferrari. Yeah. And um, I put a move on him, passed him. But, um,
0: so you were driving the Ferrari?
1: No, no, I was driving the supercar against oh, him. Oh, yeah. Ooh. And there's a Lamborghini there. We couldn't catch that. That thing was way too fast. And there's a sports sedan series, um, which I can enter my car in just, just for practice. Yeah. So there's different levels of cars in that. You've got like a Lamborghini worth $700,000. Ferrari 488, which is worth I don't know 400, 500 thousand, and I'm about to rub panels with. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) He's a great guy too, the guy I was racing against, and yeah, a couple Porsches, GT3s, super fast, massive tires on those. Um, So yeah, but my racing in in the Super Three series is um, basically just a dream. It was a it was a dream that I wanted to do. From a young kid. and Never thought I'd be able to do it. Here's something that's quite funny. Mm. Not funny, actually. It's um, the car I own. Yeah. Walking Shore Racing, 009. So your, your race car? My race car. Yeah. 2011, I went up to the V8 Supercars. At, they there at Barbagello. It was a Friday afternoon after work. Yeah. And they're all unloading the cars. And I walked past. Coats higher. Supercar, had the bonnet up. I took a photo of the engine. And I sent it to a few mates on Facebook saying, I've just put a new motor in my saloon car. Yeah. Everyone goes, oh, you're a dickhead, blah, 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 blah. I own that car now. That's the car I all, I bought. Because it, it it came up on my Facebook page once, 11 oh, years ago. That's memory. Memory. Oh, memory. I went, you're oh, kidding, because I sent it to a mate. And he goes, did you see that? I went, yeah, that's the car. That's my car now.
0: So that's the car that's in there now.
1: Fucking crazy so Back then 2011 yeah. I was walking past And I was looking at this engine God, oh, You should see these motors they're, they're a work of art These engines It had all the air box off So you could see all the Throttle bodies And all the runners And all the carbon fibre trumpets And everything This looks mint on these things I took a photo of it When the, um, the mechanics Were doing some work on it And I took a photo a Sneaky photo Send it to a few of the boys. Oh, there's a new engine I'm putting in my saloon car. And they're like, oh, you're a dick. Whatever, motherfucker. And then anyway, <laughs> fast forward to now. And it was only, I'd, I'd own the car for like two years. Yeah. Before I realised it's fate right there. I believe in mm. fate. That's fate.
0: So that tells me you need to keep racing, bro. What do you think?
1: Nah, uh, well, maybe I've got to go up the track this time and take a photo of a newer car, one of Red yeah, Bull's cars. Yeah, take, take, a red, take a photo of that. Man. Take a photo of a Red Bull car. But I, See back then when I seen that car and yep. I was admiring this engine, going oh "fuck, what a absolute work of art!" Never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd ever own that or even afford to own it. And then, yeah, made it made it happen. Hmm. Weird turn of events. That's
0: that's the same as us moving here. I know totally different things you want to do with racing and cars, but that's like us moving to this country. Where why is it? I came here on holiday once To see my brother Yep Obviously we're Like we, we lived in Auckland In New Zealand And um My brother's old, Has been here He's married to a woman From Perth Yep Um He told me to come Come check this out Bro and this place Was like Hollywood to me man Like He was showing me the coastline All yeah. these like Mansions built into the sides Of hills and shit Like Their front yard is the beach And I'm like yeah. Holy fuck Woah Cause if you're from Where I'm from bro Like it's like that it's not like as bad as people say. I don't think because it probably just because I'm from there. But you know, there's tagging, there's burnt burnt out cars, oh, there's right. a lot of crime. Yeah, you know, that shit happens everywhere. right? Yeah, but I think it's just um, this place like, looked looked like clean streets, beautiful palm trees. You know that kind of thing. People yep. are driving flash cars everywhere, and that that was like fuck. Back then, I was thinking, fuck, I can't, I can't live here. This place is expensive. Yeah. Fast forward to now. You are. We're here. We bought yeah. our house here. That kind of shit. You know, it's the settled. same thing. Yeah, and we're settled. Yeah, we've been here eight years now. But this was a dream to me at one yep. point in time. Yep. I think a lot of people back there owning their own houses is, is still a dream. Really? Yeah, man.
1: Is that because they don't have the work?
0: It's too expensive, man. Is it really? Right now, it is. Like a, they're, they're, the suburb we were from was like maybe a little worse than Ballajura kind of thing.
1: Oh, is Bronx man. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> no, maybe,
0: maybe similar. I don't know. I, I don't mean to offend anyone that's in that area, but any <laughs> listeners from Belgris? <Ballagira? laughs> but houses in that area, they'd be worth like eight hundred grand. Wow. Yeah, back home, back in New Zealand.
1: I find, and and you know, I'm probably wrong, and a lot of people argue with me. Yeah. The generation that is coming up these days and looking for homes and whatnot, or I, f- I could be wrong, no. but I find they don't want to go without in order to get into With the market.
0: what they want to do, yeah.
1: Now, the house I'm in now mm. is is a lovely home, big home. It, we paid 800000 for it. and um, But that was not my first home. My first home, I think I bought in 2000, 2001 maybe. Yeah. in Banksy Grove, like not a great area.
0: First, oh, that's
1: like a nice... No, I'm talking the first... Area of Bantry Grove. There's a lot of housing. Mm. Um, what do they call it? Like um, like housing development. Yep. Kind of like um, government housing. Government housing. Yeah. Um, and I paid ninety thousand for it at an auction. What year? How long ago? Two thousand and one. Mm. But it was a shithole. Right. I mean, there was n- hardly any doors on it. Yeah. It had been smashed up. The people that lived there were fit just ferals. Was Absolutely. It, it was terrible. Was it drugs
0: and stuff or anything? Uh, probably.
1: It? It. Yeah. Um no carpet on the floors. The bathroom. Oh, it was it was a shithole. And um a few of my friends come around and their wives, sort of girlfriends at the time, laughed and turned their noses up and I, you know what, at the time that's all I could afford. I wasn't a truck driver, I didn't run my own business. So I think I was still working as a mechanic for somewhere.
2: Mm.
1: And I bought it. <clears throat> I couldn't even live, I couldn't even sleep in the master bedroom. There's no carpet. I think someone had been murdered in there. <laughs> I don't know. It was a shit you know, It was terrible. <laughs> and I bought it, and I thought, you know what, I'll do it up. they will retain the fences are all buggered. I had to retain everything yep. anyway. I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll I'll move in. It got me in the market. I know people listening, the younger are going to go, yeah, but you know, everyone says it was, you know, these old people and shit. <laughs> and I said it about my parents, but um, yeah, I was only going to be there for two years. I ended up being there twelve because. Two years into it, I thought, I want to start my own business. I was working away in the mines Mm. and coming back and working on the house and going back to the mines. and I was underground drill fitter for Balminco back then. And I ended up um, wanting to buy a truck. And I went to the bank and said, look, I found a truck. I'm going to work really hard. I need $50,000. Yeah. And the bank just goes, how old's the truck? I said, old, man. It was a heap of shit. 1981 model Mac. Really old. Yeah. And he goes, we're not going to lend you the money. doesn't come with a contract. doesn't come with any sort of income protection, nothing. I said, yeah, but I'm going to work really hard. And they went, yeah. That's what everyone says. So I went home, disgruntled, pissed off. And I said to my parents, can I borrow some money? My dad goes, just be happy with the job you got. My old man still thinks it's 1942. You know, he <laughs> should be happy with just, yeah. just being employed. <laughs> Love him to death. Hardest working bloke you ever meet. But doesn't look outside the box or the square, you know. Mm. So I was like, "No." Went back to the mine. Two months later, I was talking to one of my mates, and they said, look, why don't you just tell the bank you're going to do some home improvements, and you need 50 grand. You reckon that'll work? And they went, yeah, of course it will. (laughs) So I went back to the bank and said, listen, I want to do this, I want to do that. They went, shit, yeah, how much do you need? I said, oh, 50 grand. They went, beautiful. So I took that 50 and went and bought a truck.
0: (laughs) Fucking hell. How silly is that, eh, Yeah.
1: They weren't happy about it. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what really happened from it. But anyway, about three or four months into it, the truck broke down. I was struggling to get work. Mm. I was almost about to go back and work underground. Yeah. And I was making terrible money. It was like six or $8,000 a month. It was terrible. And I thought, shit, what, I've made a stuff up here. What am I going to do? Anyway, work turned around and started to get busier. And I was making good money, $20,000 a month. And yeah. I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy another truck. And I bought another one, and then I found someone to drive it for me. And my uncle was retiring, so I bought his truck. So now I've got three trucks, I'm making sixty thousand dollars a month, seventy thousand dollars, and the heap of shit trucks. If I wasn't yeah. driving them, I was underneath them every night fixing them. I'm I'm talking swapping one tire off one truck to put on another. Oh. I'm talking backing brakes off on trailers because yeah. I couldn't afford to put brakes on them.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, dodgy shit. Anyway, got through it. And uh, I ended up selling that house for 445000 Fucking hell. How how, how long ago did you sell it? I um, moved to Caramar after that. But I bought another couple blocks here and there. I was going to do some developments. And it didn't work. I thought, no, nah, I'll end up, my missus found this house. because I want that one. So I said, right, I'll buy it. And that was eight hundred grand. So we sold the other one for four forty five and shuffled some money around and bought that one. Mm. And then, um, But I used to do... I landed a government contract where I was... Um,
0: Is this with the trucking
1: thing? With the trucking, I was doing green yeah. waste and I was making really good money mm-hmm. doing green waste removals for the city of Stirling. And I invested heavily in it and I bought a couple new trucks at 100000 each and I had some custom-built trailers built. They were 150000 each. And then I bought mm-hmm. a couple of loaders. So I was way up a million or so in debt. And I'm thinking, shit, what are we doing here? Anyway, but we're making good money. You know, 150, 160000 a month. It was great. Yeah, I'm talking 80000 90000 profit. Month, yeah. so started paying everything off, and um, and then not long after that, had a bit of tragedy in the family, and mm. um, I um, a couple, I lost the contract, the government contract finished, I lost it, and my drivers are saying, oh, I want a pay rise, I want this, I want that, and I'm like, you know what? I sort of evaluated, evaluated my life a little bit, and thought, is this what I want to do? Um, it was, and I gave it everything I had. So I said to my drivers, come in, hand in your mobile phones and your fuel cards, and I'm stacking everyone. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, 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 wait, I didn't mean it that much. I went, no. Just, they wanted, They want, with, their hourly, with, with what I was paying them per hour, rem- repayments on the truck and fueling that truck, I wasn't making enough.
0: To cover I, it. I was making
1: no profit. Yeah. yeah. So I'm raised basically working <coughs> just to give someone a job. So... I sold everything off over a year or so and had this money. And then, obviously, that's when I seen the supercar. And I, r- I rang Sarah one day and said, Can you book a f- couple of flights for me and Mike? He's my engineer now. We flew over and looked at it. And I bought it there and then and had it shipped back to Perth. And everyone goes, Oh, you're mad. You're crazy, dude. You know, he's going to spend that sort of money. Yeah. And I went, You know what? You'll always make more money. Mm. Oh, my my uncle. It was actually Sarah's uncle who got me into trucking originally and said, listen Gary, if something you want to do and your family's not going without, go and do it. Yeah. You can always make more money. And, you know, people go, how do you spend this sort of money racing? I'm saying, Well I work hard. And we have the, we have some sponsors which help out, which is great, because mm. without them it wouldn't happen at all. But you've still got to put a lot of effort in. And um now it's come to the point where shit, you know, this car's worth a lot of money now. People said to me, you're mad buying it, 200 grand, what are you doing? And I was like, well, you're right, but how cool was it just looking at it? <laughs> My I had come around. We could, I couldn't afford to start it. I couldn't afford to start the car because oh, really? it's a process to start them. You can't yep. just turn the key. You've got to preheat the engine with a, with an external engine heater. So you pump the water out of the engine into a heater and that heats up the water and pumps it back into the engine. That brings the engine temperature up to, say, 70 degrees. Yeah, And you pull the belt off the dry sump and you and you get a drill and you turn the oil pump over to build the engine's oil pressure up and then you put the belt back on. and Then you crank the engine off the starter motor without the ignition on to build up engine oil pressure before Why? you start it. So it never cold starts because the engines are so intricate, I suppose, and mm. volatile that a cold start can damage them. They're made to run hot. Yeah. 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 Same as a Formula One car. They preheat all those. Mm. So we Shit. start them up and, um, I couldn't afford to start it because then it took took so long, so the boys would come around, would sit down a few tins and just look at the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome.
0: Man, you're crazy. Shut up, man. It looks cool.
1: I know. Yeah, you're right, it does. I'm going to get one too. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was great. And anyway, so fast forward to where we are now. We've had some success with it. Uh, little bits here and there, you know. Uh, we've had some tough times where we've crashed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, look, I'm still driving trucks, you know. Um Recently, we've been up in the bush working on yeah. some um, some bush works. So I've been away doing three weeks on, one week off. Haven't been able to get to the gym, which I've suffered. I suppose my fitness side of things. Yeah, um, got to get back into the gym so I can just basically get fitter for racing. Mm. But yeah, I just just had to bring that up about seeing that engine and taking a photo of, of the car, yeah. and then probably ten years later, not even ten, years, yeah, maybe eight years later, I, behind, I owned it.
0: But you only knew because it came up in a memory on Facebook. Yeah, sometimes Facebook is a good thing. Yeah. It's sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Most of the time, it was a fucking. Tragedy. I can't believe yeah. I fucking put that on a, <laughs> a
1: Dickhead. Yeah, but no. Nah, um, but yeah, it's 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 a good it's a good thing. I think.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think you hold on, bro. Give me a second. Hold on.